0: Uh you don't have a quorum yet. Let's see. One,
1: two, three, four, five, six. Oh, you do. Yeah.
0: You okay. do. I think we actually have okay. seven at the moment. No, that's fine. Okay.
1: All right. It uh, is uh, it is seven thirty-three. So I think we can go ahead and start things off by my count. We have we have seven members, which is a quorum. Um, so I will officially open this meeting. Um I believe before we even do roll call, you have a a brief bit of housekeeping you want to you want to get to.
0: Yes. Just want to remind everybody on the Zoom meeting, um, one, that we are um, recording and broadcasting this to YouTube um, tonight and also remind people just to turn off your mics when you're not speaking to avoid any kind of background distractions and that type of thing. Um, For all votes or any action that the commission might be taking we are going to i'm asking uh, the chair to hold a uh, vote voice vote. um, So a formal roll call um, just so we can document the um, the action as we need to, and I will turn it back to Daniel.
1: Great. Thank you, Porter. That was a good segue. I am Daniel the chair of the Lawrence cultural arts commission, and we will begin things by testing out that roll call. Uh, by doing a roll call to see who is here. So I will go through the list. And if you're here, if you give me an affirmative. Uh, Up first, we have Marlo. Present. Uh, Up next, we have Denise. Present. And we have Mary. Present. James. Uh, And Jordan. Present. Dina. It uh, looks like Dina is actually on my list twice, so double Dina, but uh, neither of them are here. Uh, Marciana, I think
2: I think I, I see you, Marciana.
1: All right. All right. Are, you, are you wrestling with the uh, the unmute button?
3: Oh no, I didn't hear you call my name. I'm <sighs> present.
1: All right, great, thank you. And then uh, Rebecca, present. And we, that is uh, that is everybody on the list and everybody on the call. And we do have still have one open seat, which I will uh, reiterate just to encourage people to, to be thinking about people they might encourage to join. Uh, up next, uh, we will move to approve the minutes from uh, two meetings. Actually, first we're going to move to approve the minutes from the January 9th retreat. Um, does anybody have a, uh, a motion to approve those minutes?
4: This is Marla, motion to approve.
1: All right, great. Unless there's any commentary, is there a second for that, mo- that motion?
2: This is Rebecca, a second.
1: Great, thank you. Um, do we want to do a roll call on that, Porter? Yes, please. All right, I'll kick things off. I am um, Daniel. I will say aye. And now for next, we'll have Marla. Aye. And then Denise.
0: Denise, you? Okay, Denise is, is confirming. Let uh, the record show that Denise waved aye.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> then we'll have Mary. Aye. Jordan. Aye. Marciana. Aye. And Rebecca.
5: This is Rebecca. Aye.
1: All right, great, perfect. Uh, it moves, uh, the motion passes unanimously. Up next, we will repeat this very exciting process and, and go on to uh, approve uh, the February 9th minutes. If there's no um, comments to be made, um, I'm looking to see if we can get a motion to approve those minutes.
4: This is Marlon, motion to
6: approve.
1: All right, great, can we get a second?
6: I second, this is Denise.
1: All right, great. We will do a roll call once more. I'm Daniel and I say aye. Marlo.
6: Aye. Denise. Aye. Uh
1: Mary. Aye. Jordan.
6: I'm abstaining since I wasn't there.
1: All right, perfect. Marciana. Aye. And Rebecca.
5: This is Rebecca. Aye.
1: All right, great. Let the record show that uh we have one uh, abstaining and then and then unanimous. Um, is that
0: all good, Porter? Got it. Yes, that's great. Thank you.
1: Yeah, okay, great. Thank you. Uh, up next, we'll be moving on to the public comment section of this meeting. Um, I'm not sure if we have any public comment. I'm not seeing anybody, but Porter, can you, can you let us know if there's anybody hanging there- out there?
0: There is no one here at the city commission room. And if anybody wants to um, provide public comment who is in the Zoom meeting, please raise your hand or turn on your video um, and wave. I don't believe we have anybody. Great,
1: thanks Porter. This might be the elusive quick meeting. Um, with no public comment next we shall turn to new business uh, and Porter you might have some um, some of the specifics uh, involved in the first item there which is electing a secretary for this commission.
0: I put this on the agenda because we um, elected um, leadership at the retreat, um, but at that point we didn't elect or you didn't elect a, uh, a secretary. And so um, I thought I'd at least put it on the agenda. Um, it is feasible to wait until next month when we may have an additional member join or um, you could conduct that, that um, election tonight.
1: Daniel B. Smith, I'm curious if anybody here uh, is, is really excited about the prospect of serving in that capacity. Um, so if anybody is, is eager to, to uh, be the secretary, Jordan, I know that you've done some of those duties in the past. I don't know if that's something you are actually doing, but um, maybe I, I, would, uh, I would propose that if nobody here is eager to be the secretary, that we maybe do wait until, until the next month and see if we have a new member and then, and then go about it then.
0: And just for everybody's um, awareness, the secretary handles the minutes for the meeting um, which Jordan has been uh, doing a great job on, and um, so we're just looking for somebody to to take the minutes for the meetings.
1: Daniel B. Smith. It does not appear that we have any uh, anybody uh, mm-hmm. self nominating at this point. So maybe we. I I, I would propose that we. Um, we table it until the next meeting, although I do want to throw it out there that I, I am a secretary for a separate board, and I thought that it was going to be really overwhelming and, and tedious, and I actually find it much more enjoyable than <laughs> than I expected. So just a personal, personal comment.
0: And Jordan, in the meantime, um, we can handle the minutes. If you just want to take some notes and send me an email just to double check, but um, I'm also taking notes here, so. We'll we'll cover this.
6: Thank you, and I, I would probably continue in the role. Um, It's just my life is a little bit too unpredictable right now. Um, I started a new job. I have cats now. You know, (laughs) there's there's been a lot of changes um, in my life. Can the cats make it kind of? (laughs) I wish, Um, but yeah, no. There's just been a lot more commitments uh, in my life these past.
0: Case in point.
6: <laughs> then, when I, <laughs> then when I first, um, you know, nominated myself last year, it's, it's not that bad. And it actually, um, I found it helped me understand um, a lot more about the, uh, the grants and, and um, the murals and, and just how we function. Um, I thought it was an incredibly valuable thing. I just don't have time.
0: That's fine. Understood. Thanks.
1: Smith, so to be clear, we don't have to make any motion on, on this at the moment, we can just agree to, to table it until the next meeting. Um, so with that in mind, I think we can move on to the, the next item of new business that we have, which is uh, um, related to the NEA uh, sub-granting that, that we'll be doing. Uh, And Porter, should we discuss that in in broader terms or 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 should we um, hear from our our illustrious guest first?
0: Um, I think so. This is a little backwards, but um, we will speak about the ARP grant later in the agenda so we can um, pause and just, you know, we've been working on that. Um, I've got one aspect in process and, and I believe Daniel and Denise are working on another Aspects. So, we're putting this stuff together, and I appreciate Marlo sharing the um, information from the Kansas Creative Arts Industries. Coincidentally, I crossed paths with Mr. Richard Renner not too long ago, um, and we got talking about the grant as, as well. And he has actually received this grant from the Kansas Creative Arts Industries Commission. And as we talked, I realized he just had some really good insight. And so I want—I invited him and he agreed to join um, tonight just to share some of his experiences, which I think will help give us some good awareness and um, hopefully help us make sure that we do everything really well on the front end to save um, time and energy on the, the back end, so to speak. And I'm saying that partially selfishly because you know I have limited staff time that I can apply to this in managing other grant programs. So with that, um, I want to introduce my friend and fantastic, um, illustrious uh, entertainer, busker, festivaler, and many other things, uh, Richard Renner. Uh,
7: thank you, Porter. You could have just stopped at fantastic. That would have been fine. And I also wanna say that when I was on the Cultural Arts Commission, I was the secretary. And- That's true. Yeah, I <laughs> look, look where it got me. Uh, th- the one thing I will say about the position, it forced me to pay attention, uh, that which was great. But the only thing about that too is that I didn't often. I wasn't able to participate in the discussions completely because I was too busy taking notes. So just just a little food for thought there. I'm see. I'm already advising. Um, yes, like, like Porter said, I, I've gotten uh, this uh, NEA grant. Through the uh, Kansas Arts and Industries Commission, um, and I, I found it extremely helpful. But there are certain things that I became aware of through the process, and especially in the reporting process, that had I known up front, it would have changed the way I did things. Um, most notably, for you as a, as the granting organization, uh, you should know that uh these things more than likely will be audited uh, later on, meaning that uh, you're, you know, the NEA will come in and, and pull out three different cases and say, okay, we need to know exactly where this money went and who it went to. And I don't know exactly what the requirements are for your grant, but in the, in the, for the KCAIC, the money could only be used for payroll and uh, facilities. And just general month-to-month uh, expenses for nonprofit groups, and this is very important. Nonprofit groups that were uh, in existence uh, by uh, in 2019. So you can start your group in 2020 and get these funds. In other words, fortunately, the nonprofit I started started long before that, but. I, am assuming that those are the conditions for the grant that you guys have as well. So in creating the application for nonprofit arts organizations in town to apply, you're going, they're going to have to verify one way or the other, that they were in existence in 2019. Um, I had to do that by submitting, uh, tax returns and, um, and also the, uh, organization papers for the non, as a nonprofit and such. So that's, that's one thing to watch out for in the beginning, just make sure that you got those basic requirements uh, done. And, and in the application, um, usually the best way I've seen it work. And I've, I've applied for this type of grant several times through several different organizations as well. And the best way that I've seen it work is to say, we We want to pay for your payroll and facility fees for a certain time period. Um, And the way that KCAIC did it was was mainly just like a three month period or something like that. So the organization has to put forth what their payroll and facilities fees would be for that three month period. And that's the amount of grant that they get. And that has to be justified as well. You know, um, anybody can say, Oh, well, I'm, I'm making $25,000 a year this year as a director and that's what I'll be getting And you know, I'll get, be getting a fourth of that in those three months. Now that has to be justified. And I've had to justify that with uh, past tax returns and things like that. And as soon as I mentioned that to Porter, he, <laughs> he just kinda, <laughs> I could see the, the shadow fall over his eyes and he could see the complexity of this. And and one thing I will say this is that um, I've seen other organizations handling this actually have to hire one person to be in charge of all this. Yeah, to be on top of all this uh, because it gets rather complex trying to keep track of all the applications and all the reporting and things like that um, might be a good job for a temporary intern or something like that. But that's that's for you guys to to talk about. And I know Mary has uh, probably gone through this whole process. I don't know how involved she was as a director, anything like that. She's got you've got other people working for you. I'm sure that I handled all this, but it can be a rather complicated. So pay attention to what you're going to have to verify at the end and even three years from now when you create the application. That's basically my main point. Um, um, and, yeah. And, and, and sometimes some of these grants haven't paid attention to it. And I've had to resubmit my final report several times with different, different verifications and different evidence and things like that just because they realized, oh, this wasn't quite good enough. And fortunately with the state, they've got a whole department of lawyers that uh, <laughs> that go through all these things and can catch all this stuff. But here in the here in the city, I, I don't know, you probably have a lawyer or two around here somewhere. They can take a look at it. but so that's actually all I have to offer for you guys. Um, I, I you know I, I congratulations to Porter for getting this. This is, this is really, uh, this is really wonderful. And there are enough nonprofit arts organizations in this town that this will, this will help and it will, uh, um, well, it'll it'll bring up the level of activity for the arts, arts in this town, just in general, I think. That's all I have to say. If anybody wants to ask any questions, I can certainly try and answer them, but I'm. I'm just going to join one. Thank you, Richard. I really
0: appreciate you joining us tonight and taking some time. Um, I really appreciated talking to you, and I, you know, I appreciate the cautionary information. Um, it's it's a paradoxical thing because I also know that the grant is asking us to reach out to you know those nonprofits that may not be in sort of the mainstream. But then the paradox there is if they didn't exist in 2019, then, or would you say 2019? So what my goal is, is just to, you know, we have information from the NEA about what is eligible, but I also want to add here are the reporting requirements because that's not um, as visible in their information. And so this has been part of the challenge is, is uh, trying to dissect their information and make sure we put it out there. And obviously it's an NEA grant, but it's also an American recovery plan act grant. So it's two federal agencies. And um, I, you know, after I talked to you, I have to admit, I was not surprised that there's pretty intense reporting. And I was reading it tonight as I was putting together some more information. And um, there's even a a section about, you know, if you received other federal funds for the same costs or same, you know, um, spending, You can't you cannot duplicate. And I'm guessing you have to prove that in an audit as well. So um, I just want to be clear with everybody. I appreciate Richard's direct experience. We just need to be upfront and I don't want to create false hope. You know, I don't want somebody to come and think, oh, I can get this money. Uh, It is very, very specified for very specific reasons.
3: This is Mary. I, I do appreciate everything that Richard has to say. Um, and I, I think Marlo can probably speak to this as well. Um, we have gotten a number of, of the grants related to the American Relief Act and the SVOG and the small business and the KCAIC. And what you mostly have to do is just keep a paper trail. It's not It's not that huge. It's just cumbersome. It's not. You just have to keep your receipts and your payroll stubs, and make sure that you're applying this to this grant and this to that grant. And it, I think that with the um, the odds of an audit would be slim to none. Um, with the SVOG, they are not auditing anybody who received less than seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And I don't think we're getting that for this group. So it, it's, it, you know, it's it's a lot of red tape and a lot of paperwork, but it's not totally frightening. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say, Marlo, that's, is that the experience you've had?
4: I agree with that. I think, yeah, as long as you have your ducks in a row, it's not as scary as it sounds and, I'm sure I can ask Pete if, you know, he wanted to sit down with you Porter and maybe talk it through a little bit what the state has done. The one thing I liked about, I appreciate what Richard said is that you almost might have to hire somebody to get this project going. And I'm thinking, I see Alicia here today and how great it was to have her as part of that arts and crossing project. And I feel like she was able to put that in motion really quickly. And my concern is it's been a few months and we haven't really gotten the ball rolling yet. So I didn't know if that's something we might revisit is contracting out somebody for a certain amount of money and seeing if we can put it in motion and yeah, making sure everyone's got their receipts and their payroll and all that information, just because I do know we're a nonprofit, you know, getting the money sooner than later is really helpful. And I just want to make sure that we start our process.
1: Do you know we. Smith. Yeah, I just want to chime in and, and agree. I think that's something that comes up a lot of that. I, I find myself thinking about over and over whenever we're talking about programs like this that involve significant amounts of money that can really, you know, make an impact is, is the, the barrier that a lot of individuals might face, especially those who have never done something, you know, I think there's a lot of people in our community who, who have, you know, done stuff like this multiple times and are really accustomed to the what the process is. And I think that for us, any amount of time and effort we can dedicate to uh, opening things up and a lot creating um, an on ramp so that folks who have never um, done something like this can can do it for the first time and, and figure out what that's like and learn those skills. Um, I think that's something that's really huge. I also just want to just say that it's nice to see you, Richard, and that I I remember you're, you're clowning very fondly from the uh, the children's vaccination clinics where I where I, I had the, the pleasure of watching you absolutely delight tons of small children for, for hours at a time, so that was, that was very cool.
3: This is Mary. The other wonderful point that Richard made was talking about the various things that the grant could be applied to. And the best advice I would have for anybody dealing with this kind of a grant is to take a file folder from day one and put any receipt that might be applicable to the grant, make a copy of it and put it in that file folder. So that because it's perfectly logical the day you do it, it's not perfectly logical when you go back six months, nine months, 12 months later to do your reporting and and you're trying to reconstruct. So it's just a matter of
7: of doing, uh, keeping a contemporaneous record. Yeah, what you're talking about, Mary, is basically the job of an accountant, uh, not an uh, artist. <laughs> uh, accountants, they're a dime a dozen. <laughs> but, actually, I, we, a, don't have, we don't have an accountant doing it. You don't? Oh no. well, well, at least that was my impression was that, you know, I, I was one of those people that was overwhelmed by some of this. And it was basically the emails I would get that would be like three pages long that, that got overwhelming to me so the first thing I did was find someone that I could call and I got and I got usually the person that sent the email and I talked to them directly and that's the best way that I found that I could understand what they wanted Mm -hmm. was to actually talk to somebody instead of reading guidelines and and sheets statistics and things like that so much like what you're doing right now much like we're doing right now talking about this when this gets going, I can, I can see having like most grants to having little workshops where people can come and be guided through this and sit down face-to-face now that we can do that, I guess, sit down face-to-face with people and, and, you know, have a better understanding about what there is to do.
0: And I'd like to, this is Porter Arneal, Director of Communications and Creative Resources. I just want to point out you all are talking from the recipient side of things. Um, I'm working with a very spread thin staff of people and very limited resources as to, you know, I was just thinking, yes, having a little, um, um open house kind of option where people can come and talk this through but again that's that's staff time on my side so i'm i'm appreciating marlo i think we decided early on let's use all the money for the benefit of the community but now i'm thinking maybe we need to rethink that and have a dedicated person that can focus on this and i believe we can use a certain percentage of the grant funding to pay for somebody to oversee this. So this is, I really appreciate the wisdom. And again, I just don't, you know, I don't wanna create false promises and I wanna make sure we get this accomplished in a good way. And quite frankly, I also have to work with the finance office here, and this will not be a priority um, as we're in budget season and everything else. So please understand that I'm looking at this from both sides, both the recipient side and the implementing side. And um, you know, it's, it's a job, it's a task.
4: I agree, Porter. And that is why we did write it in that budget. In our original budget for that NEA grant, the proposal listed an admin cost. Because I think we were kind of aware of that being the case. And just like Richard said, you're going to want to have to someone to call. So if you have a question about the grant, it's wonderful to have a point person. And yeah, you have so many communication and community engagement things under your umbrella that having a contract person, that that's their job. Like I know Art and Crossings, they're gonna go to Alicia and they're gonna get that resolved immediately. So like having somebody who's for this NEA grant I think would be really beneficial.
3: This is Mary, have they set out in the grant what the reporting guidelines are going to be? Because that's been the biggest challenge with the SVOG grants. Um, They still have not put out what the exact reporting requirements are. So have those-
0: yeah, I, I, you know, I, I have to confess, I have I've dug through this several times, but I keep only getting so far because as to Richard's point, there's a lot of information um, and it's hard to navigate, quite honestly. And and what I need to do is really find a good chunk of time. Um, so we've been working on this incrementally. And like I said, I know Danielle and D- Daniel and Denise have been working on it, too, um, but it's. Um, so I, and now with Richard's good wisdom, I, that's my next step is let me go find that reporting information so we can put that right out front. Here's what you're going to have to report. Richard's right. It is for a very specific amount of time, I think like October 1 through December 31, 2021, if I remember correctly, it's it's only three or four months um, that you can actually fund um, their eligible um uh, funding, I think, don't quote me on that, but I I believe I was looking at that tonight. And so it's, it's a pretty tight box as to, um, what can be funded and and during what period of time. Anyway, I don't want to belabor this. Thank you so much, Richard. I really appreciate you visiting with us and giving him this insight. And, um, um, I, since it's a public meeting, I'm going to put you on the
7: spot and say, can we contact you again if we need to? (laughs) Sure. Go ahead. I your name your name comes up, so I have the option of not answering. So <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Thanks. Sure. Um,
1: all right. I, I believe that there's uh, there's there's potentially more discussion to be had around the NEA uh, subgrants. But um, we'll have time for that later on the on the agenda. And uh, for now, we will move to our next item, which is technically old business, um, which is talking with our friend Alicia about everything she's been up to. So I'll hand the floor over to you, Alicia. Okay. Hi
8: everyone. Alicia Kelly here. Um, So I wanna update you on all things art culture crossing, kind of what's been going on behind the scenes. Um, So we have, I believe Porter filled in maybe some general things last month, but I'm gonna kind of go over those in a little bit more detail and then answer any questions. So four artists were selected for this um, initiative. Um, It made the most sense just to make sure that there was enough funding to do the things that they needed to do. And so I wanted to go through these um, little by little and tell you a little bit more about them. Definitely our schedule right now, that was kind of what I have been doing all of my attention on in the past month is figuring out how these projects live together and separately, but mainly together and kind of work together. And there is three performances and one main visual arts project, public art project. So working with those and making sure that You know, they make sense together has been my biggest, you know, creative brainstorm. So it seems like in the terms of schedule, we are focusing on June final Fridays for a big cumulative event of these. There'll be other um, events happening throughout June, but uh, June 24th final Fridays is kind of our big event where all of these um, projects will happen. That being said, these projects will start happening at the end of May and kind of run each weekend different projects things happening um, in collaboration with different um, partners around town. Um, So I just want to go through those real quick just so you all know. Um, A couple things are still being solidified so I'll kind of note those but I wanted to give you a rundown so you know what to pay attention to. our first project I'm gonna talk about is Sally Afani. And she is doing, um, well, the name of her project, I'll tell you the name is called, We'll Have a Gay Old Time, Marrying Drag and Music in Lawrence, Kansas. And so Sally um, is a photographer, a blogger, amazing, overall amazing human. And um, she is going to do uh, a photography exhibition at Explore Lawrence. This will go up in early June. Um, and I believe stay up throughout July as well. That is still getting solidified. Um, June final Fridays, sometime five, six, seven, still figuring out times, um, will be a couple of drag performances, which is awesome. Still figuring out how that will live, as I uh, suggested, maybe outside, kind of to the side of Explore Lawrence, but She's a little worried with drag queens, their makeup running. That is something to consider. (laughs) I'm learning a lot, you know, it gets hot out there. I know what it's like. So Fowlays will run, um, the performance will be that one evening, um, and then uh, it'll run up until, the exhibit will run through July. The next project I'm gonna touch on is Callie Dino, who is doing a mobile art cart that holds recycled supplies. Um, she is building. She's taking a recycled bike and building. Um, it's gonna have solar, uh, solar pa- like little solar panels to do lights on it, and it's something that it has. Uh, it's gonna hold recycled material and have a table that pulls out, so there can be like quick kids crafts, all recycled um, things that she's getting from Ku and Van Gogh, the art center. They've all said that they would donate recycled materials, um, and so her you know, hers is mobile. Um, and so it's been kind of fun figuring out where this project will live. And she is actually gonna do three different locations, starting with um, May final Fridays. She is going to be at the art to go block party at the Arts Center. Um, A part of that kind of testing the waters that being her first location, she wanted to be in the actual art to go but this is a pretty heavy bike, (laughs) and she said it is actually best seen when it's open and it would have to be closed so she will just actually be participating in the block party. Um, she will also, uh, set up during a Lawrence farmer's market they're trying to get a lot more, I think, kid friendly crafts, nothing that is, you know, it's quick and easy while they're there. And so she will, she's planning to do that Saturday, June 18th. I have a schedule of all this. I can send anywhere as well. I know I'm telling a lot of information, um, And then also June final Fridays, the the big event. And uh, I think we're shooting for around 9th and Mass. So um, all of these projects on June final Fridays, they are all living downtown just because I think that is the best visibility, especially for this being a pilot program. I imagine in like I hope it keeps going in whatever iteration I can help with or whatnot that this could be a bigger program and it is a month long, in my mind, it's month long and hitting all these different neighborhoods and different things and then one event. Um, But I think with the pilot program, you know, Mass Street being so visible, but also connecting with different um, businesses. Okay, so the next one is Jeremy Osborne, Osborne, sorry, who's gonna be working with uh, his partner, Misty Osborne. And they are going to be doing a video art installation in an empty storefront titled Curated Kansas. So I am currently working with Brandy Sutton, who is the first management lady of downtown uh, Lawrence and figuring out how can I um, use an empty storefront. We have three choices. So there is big flexibility, of course, with having a storefront because it could get leased out Um, but the plan is we have three different locations, a lot of flexibility. Um, Jeremy and Misty want to install this in a storefront. I will get it. I will find a storefront. We probably won't get that solidified until three weeks before install. That kind of seems, you know, it has to be kind of a tight turnaround, but the plan is to install the weekend of June 10th and 11th and start this installation. They want to have Um, It's gonna be a rear installation. So all of the projection stuff will actually be inside the storefront and projecting onto the windows. So at night, you'll be able to see it. We're still talking about daytime stuff, Um, but if people are walking around downtown nightlife, they'll be seeing this starting June 10th or 11th, that weekend. They will actually have the opening um, with artwork present. They had originally planned to have artwork present during the whole thing, like um, they're, so the whole, let me step back real quick, I'm jumping ahead. Their whole project is, um, is I guess they're going to celebrate artists from the last hundred years that have been in Kansas. And so their plan was to not only have this video installation but have an actual piece of art. I think with insurance and making sure everything goes smoothly, they plan that they wanna have the actual pieces of art the night of June 24th, Final Fridays. It makes the most sense for them. And so um, this will be going on for a few weeks with the big opening June 24th with the art. And we're still figuring out the time to deinstall that. I think that also depends on how long we're able to keep the storefront. Hopefully, six months. That'd be my dream. <laughs> um, okay, the last one um, Dan Bourne who's a playwright who um, submitted a play for, um, the title is called Bang, which is about, um, it's a monologue delivered by Joan Bulmer, who was William Burroughs' common-law wife that he shot in Mexico in 1951. So the monologue is about after she's been shot and kind of her thoughts. And so this it's about 35, 40 minutes. um, And figuring out kind of where this lives, has been really fun, especially because I'm in the visual arts. So I'm learning a lot about performance art, which is really lovely. Um, and his plan is three different uh, days of performances. Right now, we are still solidifying a couple of these. Um, the first one would be hopefully uh, June 10th. So there's a couple of different performances happening the weekend of June 10th and 11th. And I like a cut, co- if in my all dreams, there would be several weekends of all these things happening but with time and funding it makes sense the way that it's been set up but Friday June 10th um, working potentially maybe in the cider gallery green space the lawn that's kind of what we're going for Um, might not work out that's still something we're solidifying Um, there'd be one maybe two performances that night is what he's interested in the next uh, time would be Saturday, June 11th, which is the next day. And we have a performance set for 8 p.m. at the Raven. I thought it was really important to he, he was really interested this playwright in having it in an intimate place like the Raven, where there is this literary, you know, uh, back and forth. So there can start if there's any programming or any conversations that come up. There's going to be one performance that night at the Raven. And then Saturday, June 24th, I'm still solidifying exactly where his performances will live. He'll have two that night, one at five and one at seven. Um, and I, we're looking at first the library lawn, that way you can work with the library in any programming there, but also their South Park stage, um, which uh, I think library is probably the place that it'll, it might be. Um, still figuring that one out and so yes that is kind of all of the performances kind of in a quick nutshell but um if we don't have, i have a couple more updates on that i know i'm giving a lot is um i've also met with uh, explorer lawrence on how to market what marketing works best for this since it is happening throughout the month um They're planning to creating like a landing page where all this lives with all the info on all the artists and their bio and location of performances, as well as creating like a, I think a pretty simple paper handout that can be distributed in certain places for the night mainly of June 24th with all of the performances. And so I'm in the process of getting them all their marketing info. Contracts are going out to the artists hopefully next week. And I think that's everything I have on my updates, unless I'm missing anything and all questions, please.
0: (laughs) I just want to say thank you, Alicia. She's doing a terrific job and um, it's been a pleasure, you know, working with her and um, I was, I participated in the Explore Lawrence meeting and that was revealing to me too. And I, I appreciate them as one of our partners really stepping up at the key moment to help us market this. And we can, you know, cross pollinate some of the social media marketing with the city's accounts um, by sharing information that way too. So I think we can really get the word out on this, at least for the, the uh, June twenty four. Um, final Friday. Um, so I think it's exciting. It's coming together. And I'm, I'm, um, I smile because there's been times when I've done similar programs earlier in my life. And um, I remember when the, the idea of doing something in a storefront seemed pretty easy. And now that we're digging into it, it's turning out not to be quite so simple. So um, that's the nature of these types of projects. But so Alicia's doing a great job of uh, stewarding this forward.
1: DLB Smith, yeah, I don't have any any uh, questions. I would appreciate if if you could actually send over that schedule you e- reference. I, I don't know if you sent that before, but I, I would be curious to be able to, to um, you know try and swing by and and catch catch it all, or even see some of the stuff in uh, uh, while it's underway or, or, or being constructed. Um, but yeah, I don't have any questions. I just want to say I really appreciate the the variety of artists. I know that we've talked a lot about trying to get some more performance art um skew things that way a little bit and so i appreciate that um i also appreciate that um i don't i don't know all of these artists so i, I think whenever i'm seeing names that I, i've never seen before you know I, I feel like we're doing a decent job of trying to you know uh elevate the work of people who maybe haven't necessarily been in the limelight oh. much before so just wanted to say it's always nice it's always nice seeing you
8: Thank you. And I will definitely, once um, I'm waiting to hear back from a couple of places, I should probably know by next week, I'll uh, send a solid schedule. Is that just to the Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission email? I guess I'm not sure where.
0: Send it to me, Alicia, and then okay. I can distribute it to the, uh, the art commissioners as the liaison. Yeah, Perfect. it'd be great to have that update. And, and then they have that heads up and can start talking it up with folks too. Definitely. Thank you, thanks for taking the time tonight. I really appreciate it.
8: Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. I appreciate it, you all.
0: See ya.
1: All right, with that, um, that will conclude our old business. Um, So up next on our agenda, we have some committee updates as needed, but I think we can just go through the committees um, and maybe report out and discuss a little bit about the direction of things and maybe areas where, where there needs to be more motion. So, um, uh, up first we have public art, and I and I guess Porter on here we do have the transit facility as a as a bullet point. Should I just go ahead and jump in and jump into that?
0: Yes, but let me give a little background first, if that's okay. One, I want to introduce Adam Weigel, who is with us tonight. He is the transit manager who's overseeing the Transit Facility Project. He has been um, terrific in helping to move the, um, the artist selection process forward, which Daniel, of course, is serving as the liaison for the Art Commission. Um, so he's here tonight, and I have to uh, do a mea culpa. I goofed and did not include the artist proposals. So the artist selection panel, let me get a quick background. Um, 10 artists applied or submitted their qualifications for this competition. The panel narrowed those 10 to five, those five were interviewed. And then we, um, asked for proposals that we paid an honorarium for, for three artists. And so I'm happy to to tell you that we did select an artist from that process. Um, it's a regional artist, and I'll share that information. I was hoping that we could vote on this tonight, but I realized that it, due to my failure and lack of transparency, I don't want to hold a vote tonight. Um, so we'll hold the vote till April 13th, which happily won't affect adversely affect the project. And I apologize, um, but I'm eager to share this and happy to share it with you all. And we do have to work out details. And part of this would be is your job is to if you approve what the selection panel is recommending and i'll let daniel speak to that um then the next step is to um bring it to the city commission as a recommendation and that would include also the contract which in a way this all works out nicely because then adam and i will have to work out the details of that um so this gives us time to kind of coalesce those two efforts and then on your meeting on april 13th we'll bring this back um for a formal vote if that's agreeable with everybody
2: So Daniel, I'll turn it to you.
0: Um, Adam, did you have any comment?
9: I don't. I don't. I'm happy to uh, answer any questions about the project if people have them,
0: but I'll let Daniel and you walk through anything, and I'll be here if needed. So Daniel, if I'll, I'll share my screen, if that's okay, and then we can um, talk about Tyler's work.
1: Sure. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, Daniel B. Smith here, of course. So. Um... The, first of all, I've said this pre, in a previous meeting just about this entire process that the, I don't know if I've ever actually been involved with a process that ran as smoothly as, as this. Um, partially that's, you know, because Adam's is, is good at his job but also everybody else who is, who is involved in the selection. Um, everybody was just really on the same page. Um, everybody was really communicative if there were disagreements and it was always really productive. Um, so out of the three uh, proposals, they were all great i mean honestly it's it's tough making a decision but um going with tyler whose presentation you're seeing in front of you here at the end pretty much everybody was just fully on board there wasn't you know we would meet to discuss and there there was there was a lot of discussion but there wasn't much disagreement um so tyler is um local he he resides in kansas city and knows quite a bit about lawrence has been to lawrence quite a bit is just very familiar with the entire area which is a huge benefit Um, Even if that hadn't been the case though, I feel like his proposal was was the one that we liked the most. Uh, He is an artist who works in glass. Um, So this uh, uh, what you're seeing here is um, what is kind of like a representation of uh, like a transit map made with these large glass rondels. And so that is a motif, which I think is is really aesthetically pleasing, um, a little bit abstract, but also really connects it to the, the bus routes. Um, And out of all the proposals, he was the only one who actually had uh, a proposal that wasn't just a standalone piece of artwork, but something which unified the entire facility. So there's this part of the proposal, uh, he included um, some, some light fixtures, which would also be featured, which would be a unifying element and then also some light fi- fixtures, which would be actually outside by where the buses were pulling up. So the fact that this proposal you know, had these different facets that all really um, create, acted as like a unifying element for the whole the whole facility was just really appealing. Um, you know they have good visibility for people driving by. Um, really, just kind of checked all the all the the, the boxes we were looking for um, for for something that is just yeah, going to be uh, make make the site really recognizable and memorable. So um, that is who who we're recommending, and and it was pretty much unanimous as far as the selection committee. Um, so uh, I think um, I'm glad to hear that the the scheduling will still work out and things won't won't have to get pushed back at all. Um, but yeah, that is the, that is the proposal that, that we, we've we chosen. So I don't know if anybody has any questions or, or, or input um, about that, but um, feel free to let me know if you, you have thoughts. And otherwise, I guess we'll probably just vote at the next meeting.
9: So this is Adam Weigel, Transit and Parking Manager. Could I give a little um, context as to what we're looking at here as far as with the site plan? So you know kind of where these pieces are located, that might be helpful.
0: Um, Do I have to stop sharing to let you share? I think you do. I tried to do it, but it no, that's great. Yeah. I think this is perfect.
9: Okay. So our project site is on the Southeast corner of Bob Billings and crest line. So, um, we are repurposing an existing KU building um, that is where a couple of these pieces will be located. So, the um, front corner here is uh, slated to be glass and will be kind of a, a focal piece from the roadway. Um, there's a waiting room in this corner where that chandelier will be, and there are um, those other glass installations were on the roof of the platform. Bring up the floor plan as it stands. So in the building itself, again, you can see that, that bike parking area. Bob Billings would be on the north side of this platform out to the left, um, that waiting area. And then I'm not sure if you all saw 3D renderings that that came out online, but to give a little more context for the building itself, uh, so left side here would be Bob Billings. This would be that set of windows you saw before with uh, the the rondels that um,
0: Daniel had shown Adam, can you actually? Oh corner. no, that's even that's even better. If you pause there, yeah. I just want to. I'll go back and show the. Um, The artwork of Tyler, but just so everybody understands, if you can put your cursor over those windows again, Mm -hmm. one of the attractive things about the glass is that obviously from inside, it's a pretty, you know, it's a beautiful um, view um, because the sunlight will come through during the day. But at nighttime, and we've already talked to the architect about this, it can also be lit from within. Um, something I talk a lot about with public art is it's it's wonderful when public art can really have a twenty four seven presence. So even when this building isn't active at nighttime with LEDs, we believe that it can be lit from within, and then it becomes a real sort of visual um, element and and almost iconic on the uh, north. West corner of the building. So I'm really excited about that opportunity as well. And that was a way um, that, you know, the, the public art could really be very much more public. So Adam
9: Weigel, transit and parking manager. I think that's all I wanted to share just to provide a little context for what we looked at. Um, So I'll stop sharing, but happy to bring these back up or if we needed to bring back up the, the proposal itself.
0: And just, um, I want to make sure that we're clear. This is the artist's sketch proposal. Um, so this is still in process as to exactly what we can do. This is his proposal based on what he understands of the budget. We've already talked about making some changes for safety purposes and to protect the art that maybe there wouldn't be full um, glass down here because people can bump it with bikes and things. So there's a lot to be worked out. I just want to be very clear about that that this is you know really a concept proposal that um, the first phase of his contract will be design development to figure out exactly um, what how much of this he can produce for the budget and um, how he's going to do that with the architect as well. But um, generally speaking, we believe he can do all of this and these are also glass towers that will be lit from within as well. Um, So they become sort of iconic markers on the outside of the bus bays as well. So it's actually, this works out nicely. It gives you a preview. Um, We'll provide more information in April, um, but um, this gives you a chance to kind of digest this. And um, then we can vote in April, or you can vote in April.
4: This is Marlo. I just want to say I really appreciate the colors in the artwork. And when you showed the exterior of the building, it was so... Monochromatic. And so I think having that contrast of the colors is going to be really great. And I love the way Porter described the night view that could be present because I drive through that area quite a bit. And I think that's going to be a nice asset. And I liked the integration of they look like bike lights or traffic lights of some kind. And so that connection, I thought it was really strong.
1: Daniel B. Smith, if, if nobody else has any other input um, I'm, I'm glad that we could share this all with y'all, and I just want to comment that it's always nice working with Adam and I think that. Um, us and and um, sort of like Lawrence artists in general, have a good uh, a good uh, ally in our transit department, and I think we'll see a lot of cool opportunities for public art in the future with uh, with a lot of stuff they're up to Um So, and with that, I think we can go ahead and move on. Should we uh, skip to the next uh, next item on here? I have, um, Porter. I have police department HQ project. Is that is that what we're going on to next?
0: Yep, that sounds great, Adam. Thank you. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you, Adam. Um, just a, a very brief and quick update. So the artist is fabricating the um, proposed artwork for the headquarters. Um, Parks and Rec is preparing to um, do some groundwork out there and then get the uh, concrete foundation in place. Um, and then the artist is planning to come in April to attach his artwork to that concrete base. So I'm working through the building permits and and those types of things, all the the red tape stuff on the behind the scenes. Um, But all of that is coming together. And um, so that piece should be installed in April. And I might as well just go right ahead if that's agreeable, Mr. Chair. Um, just last night at the city commission meeting, um, I provided a presentation about resolution 7070, which is the city's public art resolution, which um, states that the city can commit city commission may set aside up to 2% of eligible capital improvement projects for public art, which is how we're funding these projects. Um, There was a lot of interesting discussion about that. No really conclusive ideas, but several ideas were thrown around about about ways of possibly developing um, different programs or or developing other funding mechanisms. What I will do is go find that in the video and send you a link to the video that will start at that point in the meeting. Um, It's actually a great opportunity for all of you to learn a lot about the um, public art program in the city and perhaps dispel some possible myths that I've heard from people Um, who seem to think that it's more of a a requirement than it actually is. Um, So anyway, I'll send you that link and that information. And if you'd like to view the the meeting um, proceedings during that time, I I don't know how long exactly it was, but um, I think it'd be good for you all to see that and understand what's, what's um, happening with that. And um, let me, I might as well go into, again, Porter Arneal, Director of Communications, Creative Resources, Phoenix Awards, Community Arts Grants. I am still working with our finance department. Um, I hate to sound like a broken record, but the transient guest tax fund is still recovering. um, And because we are not allowed to spend money that is not in the fund, and the fund is always paid one quarter Ahead. And uh, I mean, basically, it's, it's one quarter behind, I'm sorry. Um, so we're still waiting for funds from this, the state. The good news is that Explorer Lawrence is tracking the trends of hotel stays and it, hotel stays are actually higher than they were in 2019 at about the same time before the pandemic. So things are looking good, but we're still in recovery. So I'm working with our uh, finance department to um, look at things on a chronological basis. Um, so that's where that stands. So we're not able to rush into the community arts grants. Um, we can certainly start moving forward on the Phoenix Awards and I will get started on that. Um, so we can get a RFQ out for that so we can select an artist for that process. And then I, I didn't know, Daniel, if you want to speak to the, a, the NEA grant. Yeah,
1: B. Smith, sure. Yeah, I will. I'll go ahead and comment just briefly. Um, we, we already talked about any uh, grant earlier, and I just wanted to say that um, there hasn't been too much motion on it, but um, Denise did a lot of light work in getting the application together. I went through and I sort of reformatted it a little bit and made it into um, a, a fillable PDF. Um, that, I don't know if that's actually going to be the final version we use, but um, after maybe a little bit of delay, I think now is a good time to finalize that. and kind of re- really get the ball rolling so that fantastic artists like richard renner can can apply for those sub grants so i don't know if anybody else had anything they wanted to share concerns about the time frame that we're working on or um or questions about the nea uh sub grants that um that I, I think that of these that this is the one that is probably the most pressing so
4: because Marlo, I don't have a question or a concern about the NEA subgrant, but I did wanna circle back to the community arts grants. Um, do we have an estimated timeline? Is fall realistic that we think that program may be able to be reopened? Um, I just know that one is so important to the community and that's the one that I get questions from, from the community about when that one is reopening. And I, I would love to be able to you know, have something to say and i also think we talked a little bit at our last meeting about could we have some kind of communication out there i don't know if our webpage has been updated with some kind of general timeline but i just feel like there's maybe some confusion about it out there and i'd love some 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 kind of statement we could share and you know i'm always upset about our tgt funding and that being the source of our lca lcac funding and so it's just really discouraging because I think there's so many great programs that haven't been able to take off because of that uh, program not existing for the last three years.
0: Understood. Yeah, and and I I'm cautious to say a time because I don't want to jinx, and so I apologize for the confusion. I'm confused, <laughs> um, truthfully. Um, so anyway, you know, I, my my goal is to get it um, out there as quickly as possible. And um, so, again, I'm working with our finance office to try to uh, forecast as best we can. Um, and as you all know, the TGT fund is not just dedicated to the, the Cultural Arts Commission programs, but the TGT grant program. And I, of course, have all those events now contacting me saying, where's our money? Um, so we're just trying to handle this the best we can. And we're you know somewhat frantic. Um, So that's one reason I haven't been able to put out any kind of direct comment, because I I don't want to make a promise I can't keep. Um, So I hope people can understand that. But um, believe in your heart of hearts that in my heart of heart, I'm trying to get this accomplished as quickly as possible. So I promise to do that. My hope, I will say this, is that we can get the community arts grants moving soon. Um, so that we can get that money out, um, hopefully in the you know third quarter. Um, so that could be fall or hopefully earlier.
3: Thank you, Porter. I appreciate that. Thank you. This this is Mary. I appreciate that, Porter. Um, it would seem to a layperson like me that with all the inflation that we're experiencing and the amount of extra sales tax that we're all paying <laughs> that may not have been budgeted. Um, that there ought to be a pretty positive
0: um, spin on the money. Keep in mind sales tax and transient guest tax is different.
3: I know that. But okay. <laughs> you're saying that that hotel stays are up. Right. The state is taking in more money than it expected to. So um, somewhere there there ought to be a a little a little something for the arts.
2: Agreed
0: And also on the NEA grant, I really appreciate Richard's. Um, Insights, I think that will actually help us do a better job. And I appreciate Marlo reminding me that we have some, I think we can up to 15,000 or something that we could use to hire somebody potentially. And just a reminder, that becomes a job for me too, um, because we have to hire through the city system um, and I have to have an agreement with that person. And Alicia could tell you that's not a quick process necessarily, especially with something that hasn't been done before. Um, So bear with me. Um, but we're getting there and um, I really appreciate Daniel and Denise helping with the uh, the application so we can get that set up, whether we use the PDF, which we may, or uh, try to do something online for that application process.
3: Uh, Porter, this is Mary. This is why I wouldn't talk tonight. Um, when, when you do start looking for someone, um, I would hope that as you put together a job description for that person, some background in the arts would be um, a part of the uh, requirements. That seemed to be one of the biggest problems with the SVOG, the Shuttered Venue Operators Grant. When that came through the Small Business Administration, it was a lot of the material that was being put together and the way it was put together, it was very obvious that it was not done by people familiar with the arts that they were trying to administer. So I, I would hope that we could learn from that and, uh, and uh, avoid that pitfall.
0: Thank you, that's good wisdom. And that's all I have on our agenda tonight.
1: D.L.B. Smith. Yeah, hearing
0: um, no other comments
1: on on the agenda items, we can move on to what I will be very honest is my favorite section, which is miscellany. Um, And I will go ahead and kick that off with a very brief um, piece of miscellany, which is that both myself and Dina attended the the unveiling for Van Gogh's most recent uh, mural project, On the back of the u.s bank building or or what was at least once called i don't know what the building's called anymore but um the mural is beautiful um so i just wanted to say that it was a great event and uh recommend that you check it out if you haven't already um if anybody else has any miscellaneous uh, stuff they'd like to bring up um now is the time
4: that's marlo i did tune into the city commission meeting yesterday and i was really surprised to hear the news about the parks and rec department would slowly be taking over the arts role for the city so I wondered if that was on our next month's agenda unfortunately I have the free state festival next month so I won't be able to attend that meeting but I think that's a really important discussion for us to have so I was wondering if that was coming up soon because that took me by surprise and I wasn't really happy about it so I just wondered if we could have that discussion at some time
0: yeah, that's a great idea. Let me um, i actually have Derek Rogers join us if he can, um, and we can talk about that.
5: Um, this is Rebecca. I don't really have anything, but I feel like I'm missing out on a some sort of initiation process or something like that?
0: Yes, um, what I wanna do is, I, I didn't know how quickly a, the next person might be appointed, um, but I do need, I owe you both an orientation process. Um, and so I haven't forgotten that. Um, one question to both of you is, is, what is your availability during the day? Do you have availability during the day, Rebecca and Marciana? yeah my
5: monday afternoons look pretty good and fridays are usually free but they fill up pretty quick because they are free so that's probably my best times
0: okay marciana
8: my times are pretty random um
3: i have a private psychology practice and i I try to only schedule 10 clients a week. So that's 10 hours a week that are um, booked. So I'm pretty flexible, um, but in a random manner. So with enough notice, I can block out time.
0: How do you both look if I, since I have you (laughs) on March 25th, which is a Friday um, in the afternoon,
3: um i've got the two to three hour open and then i have 4 30 on it
5: looks good for me at 2 30 that would be fine with me too all
0: right pencil that in i have to double check a couple of things but i'm going to go ahead and pencil it in my calendar um and we, if it's okay with you all, uh, we can do that by Zoom. We could do it in person, but I think it's it's quicker and easier and it's really just kind of going through a lot of information. So Zoom would be um, appropriate for this. Mm-hmm. So if that works for you guys, that's a more, more efficient, I think, for all of us.
8: Yeah, and um, you, that would
0: be great. Are you saying um, a half an hour or, or how much would you like? How much? I would say let's plan for 45 minutes
4: okay.
0: um, just to make sure we can cover everything. And then if you have any questions, but that way I can, you know, at least make you feel more comfortable as you're entering into this um, great board. Right. And, and I think others may be able to share with you. It, it takes time, okay. um, you know, give yourself some grace and honeymoon time to um, just listen in and hear what's going on. And of course, we're coming out of COVID. So there's a lot of transition occurring too. But that's great. I appreciate you all working with me on setting up a time that will be good.
5: Yeah, that that sounds great, and I'm looking forward to meeting you all in person and mm-hmm. it being a lot less. Um, I don't know what the word is. It's 9:30, 8, whatever mm-hmm. past my bedtime. So <laughs> at some point, less formal meeting that mm-hmm. will be awesome. Hopefully, at the Which... Free state film festival.
0: And actually on that note, um, so the city commission is going to meet in hybrid fashion on their first meeting in April, April 5th. That means the commissioners will be here in the commission room. We will still have a zoom option. Um, But certainly now, since we're in green with the health department and all of Daniel's great work in that area, um, we are allowing people to come to City Hall. There's no masks, as you can see. Um, So we are maintaining the hybrid option. You can still meet virtually, but then people can also come here. You all could meet that first April 13 meeting. We would probably set up in a unique way here so that we do have the Zoom option. Um, but I think we would set up in the way that we've done in the past for those that you've been here before, um, that we would basically have a table where I'm sitting here and then we can all gather around that table and hold our meeting that way. Um, so, uh, be prepared. We may meet in person and again, you don't have to, um, but it will be an option that we can provide as well.
4: Marlo, I just wanted to throw out something because April 13th is during the festival and I know we have a couple people here who are highly involved in the festival. So I didn't know if we'd have a quorum or if that might, are we able to look at a different date? I don't know because I know we're a small group at this time that if three of us are at the festival, does that leave? I know there's important work to be had in April, so I didn't want to leave that in the lurch.
0: If there's so there's three people on the city on the cultural arts commission, they're involved in Free State Festival.
4: Yeah, Rebecca is one of my board members. I know Marciana usually is at every event. She's one of our <laughs> top festival supporters.
0: Um, let me. Ugh. That wouldn't necessarily mean there wouldn't be a quorum. Okay. Um, I'm just thinking because of the, the um, um, public art proposal and stuff and and frankly part of my hesitation is this room is booked for 23 meetings a month and so finding another time easily is not easy
2: gotcha. um,
0: And we would have to vote on that at this meeting to determine that. So I, I hate to I don't mean you know it's just one of those awkward situations where it's hard to um, Make that work for everybody. Um, I'm open to suggestions. What, how B. long Smith. is the festival? Sorry, Daniel.
4: It's the 12th to the 16th. So it's that week of April. And that evening, unfortunately, that's a huge night because it's the Kevin Wilmot celebration. And so I think it's going to be a heavy hitter.
1: Tino Smith, yeah, I was just going to say that while, while technically, we could we could achieve a quorum. I, I feel like with three members guaranteed to be out, um, it seems a little risky. Um, and, and despite challenges, it, it does seem like it might be worthwhile to try and try and find a, a time to, to squeeze in a meeting elsewhere. I also did want to while while, while I'm talking, why not? Uh, I did want to go ahead and circle back to what, what, what Rebecca had said about about uh, orientation and just throw out that. Um, I remember I remember very vividly not that long ago when I had no idea what I was doing on this board. So um, uh, hopefully we'll be able to get um, an orientation in regardless of whether or not we have a, an, our, our final slot, um, member slot filled before the next meeting. I think that would be great.
0: Um, why don't we do this? Let me just do a straw poll. Could everybody here, and of course, this is not everybody too, but is it possible that you could meet on the 20th so it'd be one week later? Looks like that is a thumbs up from everybody, pretty much everybody. Denise, okay, all right, well, let me, um, let's keep that as a possibility And I can coordinate that via email with you all. We don't have to vote on it. Um, And I just have to get notice out in in enough time. So maybe, um, I think this room is available that night happily. If it is, I, I will probably just adjust the meeting to the 20th. And that way we'll achieve everything we're trying to accomplish here. So thank you, Marlo, for bringing that up.
6: And then I had a quick question about the email uh, we got this afternoon from um, Connie Fitzpatrick. Uh, did everybody else get that email um, regarding um, the Kansas Healthy Food Initiative um, and people's markets pilot projects? Yes, yeah. Okay, so should we be expecting um, Connie, to be presenting that in April then?
0: Yeah, she's. Um, I just got the email. I just happened to see it before I came down here tonight, but we can put her on the agenda. Um, you know, She sent a very sort of summarized version of the program, so I don't have direct answers for her right now. We don't have a, mm-hmm. a policy or anything for public art on private property. Basically, that depends on what property, so we'll have to give her. But yeah, we can invite her to the um, April meeting.
6: Okay, and will we be just approving or, or um, is it going to function uh, the same way our mural proposals function or is this going to be different?
0: I, I need more information exactly what okay. she's doing and what, you know, at this point from my, what I'm interpreting, I don't know that it requires our commission review and approval, it might require um, permit review or if it is murals then we may have to do that too but I just need clarity about um, what exactly this is going to entail.
6: Okay, cool. I'm not the only one who was a little confused by that. Thank you.
4: This is Marlo, one more question for that April agenda. Are we putting the percent for art on there as well? Because I did watch that meeting and I know there was a lot of discussions about re that program. And I know you're gonna send out the meeting so everyone can watch it, but. Where are we gonna talk about that, April? Or is that too much? Do we wanna do that in May?
0: Sounds like this is getting to be a big agenda. And I, I don't think that's, that's not pressing at this point. Um, so I think we could leave that till May. So I'll, I'll make note that that would be a May item.
1: All right, so it is 851. Um, I sounds like um, potentially we've covered a number of issues in miscellany and um, and maybe we can uh, bring this thing to a close. So um, does anybody else have any further comment or or should we uh, and I guess if not, um, I, I will invite you to go ahead and, and motion to adjourn.. This Hi. is Jordan Please. Oh.
6: Go ahead Denise. Adjourn. I move to second.
1: Um, do we want to do a do we want to do roll call full time? I take? think
0: for I think for adjournment and if everybody if anybody's opposed indicate by doing this. If everybody's in favor indicate by doing this. Let the record show that I see all thumbs up. We are adjourned. Thank you all very much.
1: Thank you everybody for your time.